Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Chris Dixon. And I'm Nikki Miller. And we have a really fun and exciting episode for you guys today because it is our 411th episode. So we're going to talk about 411 and a tool that we love here at The One Thing and the system that surrounds it. And our goal is to get you guys a ton of fun information about goal setting and tools to support you and ways to stay on track and how you could integrate this into your life. This is far and away my favorite productivity tool. And Chris and I are taking you behind the scenes today to how we teach this, how we coach this, and how you can use this in your own life in order to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Give it a listen. And then if you want to get free resources on this, you can download a 411 at the slash free resources. Or if you want our team to walk you through this live, you can join us at the one slash foundations workshop. Let's get to the 411. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the One Thing Podcast. And Nikki and I have a very special episode for you guys today. And we want to share a powerful system and a process that we believe in that can help keep you on track to achieve your goals. It's part of a bigger system. And it's this tool that we call the 411. And it's the rhythm, it's the rigor, it's the routine. It's all the behaviors that surround this simple but powerful tool that we want to share with you because today is our 411th episode. So we thought it was a great opportunity to to dig into the 411. But before we get into all of that, let's talk a little bit about why we should even have a system like this. What is this tool important? Why is this tool important? And and what does it really serve for us? And so Nikki, in, in your experience, where have you seen this be powerful? Or where's the gap that you often see people need to solve? Well, I think where this comes up the most is I, I have a different approach to to accountability and to helping people goal set and, and to helping people figure out the path on the way to those goals. Because so often people will say that people don't set goals or, or coaches will say that people don't set goals because they come from scarcity or they don't believe that they can get it. And I actually completely disagree with that concept. I think that people suffer far more from abundance than they do from scarcity. And what I mean by that is that there are just so many things that we could do that we get lost in what we actually should do. And why I love the 411 is because it literally works you backwards from what do I want to achieve? And in this case, we're going to specifically be talking about four weeks, one month, and one year. So in other words, what do I want to achieve this year based off this year? What should I be doing this month based off what I should be doing this month? What should I be doing this week? And based off this week, what should I be doing today? But the biggest challenge I see when I'm working with people one-on-one is that they do actually know where they want to go. They do actually have an idea of what they want to achieve. They just don't know how to work that backwards into what should they be doing today. And that's exactly what the 411 does. And that's why it's per- personally, this is my favorite accountability and business tool that we teach. Yeah, it's, it's so good. And, and you see that even if you, maybe a best case scenario, you have an idea of this kind of work back schedule of, of what you want to accomplish, but you don't have a really good way of separating out, separating it out or revisiting this, this plan when things change. Because I, I don't know about you, but my plan's very rarely go according to plan. And so when when things start to blow up for me, which they often do, I, I need a place to go back to or people need a place to go back to where you can make small adjustments or just have a true north. And without that, you get lost in the everything else, like you said. 
And I think to, to your point, Chris, we do get off track. There's, there's absolutely no one that you or I ever coach that has a perfect day every single day. So if that's what everyone is striving for, you, you can cut that out. Perfection is an impossible standard because you can't achieve it. I always say it's the lowest possible standard because it is in fact impossible. We can't show up every single day and be perfect. However, what we can do is make up for the days that we aren't perfectly on track. And, and that's really, to me, what the 411 is used for because where, where most people live is in the I'll start tomorrow's. But eventually you string together enough I'll start tomorrow's that you pick your head up and you're somewhere entirely different than you hoped and planned to be. And so what I mean by that is is they'll say, let's let's use an example of someone who, I don't know, wants to lose some weight and they have a bad day of eating today or a bad day of working out today. And they say, well, you know what? I'll just start fresh tomorrow. Let me, let me just finish off this day with this bad habit and I'll start fresh tomorrow. And ultimately they do this enough times that they're off track. And what the 411 is used for is to get you right back on. So I love the, the compound effect of the 411 where we can actually say, okay, well, whatever I miss tomorrow, I'm not just going to count it as a miss. I'm going to add it to what I have to do today because I want to get back to whatever my accountability goal is. So in the same example, if I missed losing a pound last week and my goal is a pound a week, well, then this week I don't need to lose one pound anymore. Now I need to lose two. So I always say one of my favorite concepts in in business is this idea of the compound effect because the law in and of itself is neutral. We usually think of it as it relates to money and we can stack enough interest that eventually we pick our heads up and we have amassed some great fortune. So the compound effect works either way. We can also string together enough inaction or enough times of doing the wrong thing or bad habits, and the, the compound effect works in the opposite direction, the direction that we don't want. And so I like the forward one because it keeps us on track even when we do have the bad days. In other words, that's a long way of saying it gives you permission to have the bad days and to still attain your goals. Well said. Yeah. And, and so many so many people will be motivated at different points in their life to to or inspire to set a goal, right? They'll figure out something they want to do and that they've got the motivation. Maybe it's the new year. It's really common. Everybody can relate to New Year's resolutions, but maybe it's just something shifted in your in your life and you had this awareness. And so you capture that momentum, you set a goal and you start taking action. But if you don't have some place to revisit over time, that initial spark of motivation is going to wane. Like you're going to lose some of that momentum and that inertia. You're going to find a month down the road, something comes up, a distraction, you start chasing something else, you lose it. And I, I love what you said about uh, just kicking it to the next day or saying, I'll do that tomorrow and the compound effect. I think it's also just important to not lose track of what your true north is. Like if you truly do the work to find the right goal for yourself, then you can have a, a, a plan that you stay accountable to over time and need a place to write that down and to see it and see it in smaller chunks so that you're making those small adjustments, like you said, week over week or even daily. Yeah, absolutely. And the 411 is that day-to-day accountability tool. And that's why I love it because I always say, one day I'm going to come up with a much better example for this, Chris. But uh, my example that I always tell people when I'm teaching this is you get to make a decision about whether you want to kill Godzilla when he's a baby or whether when you you want to kill him when he's wrecking the city, when he's become a big old monster, right? So, and that's what the 411 does, that we get to make a decision if we want to take bites out of our goals and, and slowly attain it day over day, or if we want to look up six months through Throughout the year and say, I haven't taken a single step forward on progress here. So I need to completely you know, take my life, flip it over, shake it out, flip it back up and start anew, which doesn't work well for anyone to your New Year's resolution point. I mean, the, re- the reason that most people fail at New Year's resolution is because the habit or the change or whatever it is that they are trying to do is just too big. It's too much at one time. Whereas the 411 allows us to take really small bites out of the goal that we're trying to achieve. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Godzilla climbing buildings, I like a good challenge, but uh, maybe as a baby is a better approach. If you, I, I, if you zoom in, if you zoom in, sorry, if you zoom into something relatable, I think for, for people I find, and even myself, if you zoom into a day and the kind of things that happen in a given day, like there's, there's all kinds of stuff that pops up and a lot of people will make a to-do list. And, and I think everybody's done that and there's value in making to-do lists. There's just flaws with to-do lists also, right? You, you can, you can make a to-do list, have 10 things on your to-do list, do nine of them, feel like you're successful, but actually not do the most important thing. And so that you need, you need a way to separate out the things that matter most from, from everything else. And that's one of the benefits of, of the four and one is this idea that you can pull out the things that matter most, stay aware of them and on track to them. Because otherwise what's going to happen is things will pop up in the day and then you'll end up going after the things that feel urgent. And I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Eisenhower matrix, uh, Nikki, are you familiar with this? You have these four quadrants, right? You've got the one axis is uh, not important and important. The other axis is urgent, and not urgent. And we have this tendency to, to end up gravitating towards the things that feel urgent, but may not be important. And we really want to be working on what's urgent and important or urgent and excuse me, urgent, not urgent and important. And so those are the things we want to work on. But anyway, point being, you want to have some tool that you can be clear on. Hey, no matter what else happens today, here's the things I'm not going to say no to, because this is going to get me on track for my goals. Well, and ultimately, it's about understanding that when we do create to-do lists, which which frankly is how most of us are taught to behave, most of us are taught to do our work off of a to-do list. And yet the example I always give here is, I don't know about you, Chris, but when I was in college, I, I did my fair share of procrastination. And I certainly was not ahead of writing all of the papers that I had to write or doing all of the homework that I had to, had to do. And I remember having a distinct moment in sort of my first self-lesson in productivity where I went, into my, I went into my dorm room and I sat down at my desk and I had to write this paper and it literally was due in 12 hours. It's like the middle of the night. I got to turn this thing in tomorrow and I haven't even started. And it's supposed to be something crazy like 10 pages. And I know that I'm going to have to make every second of this 12 hours count. And I sit down and I thought to myself, I can't possibly get started on this paper until I clean this room. I just can't possibly work in this clean room and or in this dirty room. And, and that was a, an item on my to-do list. The item on my to-do list was clean the room. And so I start cleaning the room. I get distracted from the paper. And then I sit back down to write this thing. And I say, I can't possibly start writing this thing until I get myself a snack and so on and so forth until now I'm down four hours and I have seven hours to write this paper or I'm going to be in, in trouble. And, and it was my first lesson of, wow, it's, it's pretty easy to distract ourselves and to convince ourselves that something else is important or more important, more urgent to your point. If we don't have a very clear picture and we haven't clearly defined ahead of time during our day, what, what is actually going to incrementally move us forward to our goal? Yeah. So some, some common challenges here to be aware of, and we're all faced with them, right? There's a world of distractions, as you mentioned, there's so many things competing for our attention. Uh, Many people feel like they've got more to do than they have time with. You have you need to have this accountability towards the goals that you've set in a, in a way that even if you end up off track, you can see the delta between where you are and where you need to be to get caught back up. And so this, this all of these these things that occur for us, we need some kind of system, some kind of tool uh, that can help us uh, get out of this kind of regular routine we have and the things that uh, we try to continue to improve on but fail to do if we don't find a different way or leverage a system or some other model to help move us forward. 
Absolutely. And and I know we want to go through the the really the thieves of productivity that we have that get in the way of people actually getting to where they want to go. Because ultimately, we, we work with individuals, with companies to build out their 411s to identify what's most important. And they know inherently what's most important, but there are still there are still things that get in the way. So let's talk through those. Yeah, the four thieves of productivity from from the one thing that we believe in, and I think you guys can relate to these. And the first one is the inability to say no. And I think we can all relate to having a time where we struggled to say no to the things that we really needed to say no to so we could say yes to what matters most. And I think this is probably most common. Well, I also think it's important to say, Chris, and I say to the higher achievers that we work with, the bigger your life gets, the better you have to get at saying no. And the more productive you get, the better you will have to get at saying no. Because when when your productivity increases, when your life gets bigger, when you achieve more, more people want your time and attention. They either want mm. to pick your brain, so to speak, or or they want you to to look at this opportunity, or they want to involve you in this business, whatever it may be. So I found that the bigger my life gets, the smaller I have to go. Have you seen that in the people that you coach too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the bigger your life gets, and the bigger that you want your life to become, uh, the bigger you're you're imagining your life to be, the more you're going to need to sharpen the saw. And be able to say no. Because another perspective is like you you don't always have to say no to something, but you just need to make sure you're not saying no to the things that matter most. But the reality is that if you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And the, there's always a trade-off. Always. And it's how do you be clear on what you have to say yes to and then work in order of priority to the things you need to say no to and have the, the awareness uh, or the confidence to say no to those things and do it tactfully. And to make peace with the fact that no is a complete sentence. I think that that is something that takes a long time to to get comfortable with because so often I even find myself still, I this is something I coach and I and and I teach on and I speak on all the time. And yet still someone will say, Hey, can can you do this speaking event or can you come to this conference or can can I get 10 minutes of your time? And and instead of just saying no, because it's just not my one thing, I say, well, no, because and and no, I can't, and oh, I wish I could. And and I and I will launch find myself launching into this long-winded explanation when really the answer is just no. And it doesn't mean no forever. It just means no right now. I feel really fortunate because I get the opportunity to work with so many amazing people in our community and our customers and get to be a part of their world. And they trust me with being a part of their goals. And more often than not, almost everyone is focused on health. And at the core of that is diet and eating a balanced diet. But eating this kind of diet, it's a huge time commitment and it's easy to get knocked off track. That's why it's so great to have a solution when you don't have the time to do the prepping and the cooking and the cleanup, but you still want to eat healthy. That's why we partner with Factor. And Factor is chef-created, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes. With Factor, there's no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. The variety of different options and meals that they have is really impressive, but go see for yourself. Head to factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150 to get 50% off. That's code 150 at factormeals.com slash 150 to get 50% off. And in doing this and and saying no and having the confidence to do so, you have to overcome this the second 
thief of productivity, which is the fear of chaos, which is by saying no to things or not giving your time and attention to things that you otherwise would have to focus on your priorities, that things are going to start going crazy around you and blow up and it's going to be pure chaos. And But what's the reality of, of this learning from your perspective, Nikki? I mean, I've become utterly convinced that people's uh, people's ability to thrive and build really big lives is in direct proportion to their ability to manage chaos. It really is because a big life is a chaotic life. I, I, I give the example all the time at any given time. If I open up my email or open up my phone or or whatever it is, so, someone is doing something wrong in my world. Like there, there is chaos happening in my world at any given time. And if I allow myself to get sucked into it, it's really easy to lose sight of what my personal one thing is, what I should be focusing on and putting my attention toward. It's really easy for that to happen. So, so if we, if we start to pick our heads up and, and stop focusing on the one thing, then we can get sucked into that, that chaos. And I always envision it. I'm a visual learner. So I always envision this sort of tornado of things that you could, that you could get lost in. And then you just spiral out of control versus saying, okay, I'm going to keep my feet grounded. I'm going to point North. I'm going to say, this is the direction I need to go. And this is what I personally have a hand in. And I'm going to keep marching towards that direction. So I, I, to your point, I think that this is the ability to say, no, I think certainly is the, fir- the biggest and first thief, but the fear of chaos is absolutely real. And people feel that if they don't do everything themselves or don't have their hands in everything or don't focus on everything, that it's not going to get done or it's, or, or they'll get behind or whatever it is. And then they, they, they miss the fact that it's actually taking away from their productivity and their ability to move their business, their lives, whatever it is forward, whatever, whatever their focus is forward. And, and then, and then they don't get to where they want to go and say, well, why did that happen? It said, well, and, and we, and we look at them and say, well, it's because you were trying to do too many things at once. And then we can, we, we can go down, not today we, we, on this, we can go down the rabbit hole of how you empower other people and how, and how you empower uh, yourself to lead other people to do these things. And yet I do think this is, this is something that gets in the way of, of businesses, especially and high achievers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, there is a certain skill to, or at least experience of, of letting go of those things. And, you know, we believe so much in the, the 80, 20 principle, the Pareto principle, the, how do you identify the 20% of your focus, time, energy, uh, attention that will deliver 80% of the results towards your goals, towards you, where you want to get to. And it's kind of woven into everything that we believe in is this ability to prioritize those things. And you do that by having clarity on what you want to achieve. I had this really interesting conversation with Liz Weissman um, a few months back, and she wrote a book called Impact Players. And she looked at all these people who, who have, by her definition, provided a higher level of impact on a team or an organization and common characteristics of those types of people. And what one thing that she said that was really interesting is these, these people had an innate ability to identify like what was hot at the moment, um, even, even like distant goals are still important, like having clarity on where you want to go. But even in shorter term intervals, like when everything feels like chaotic, there's, you have to do everything. Like, look what's like hot. Like if you're looking at what your, uh, your team's focused on or where things are starting to evolve to, it can help give a different perspective on, on clarity. I thought that was an interesting thing that she identified. And these, these impact players had the ability to end the chaos, figure out like what was the hot topic, what was the thing to gravitate to that would help move their team forward. 
I also think you have to make peace here with the fact that you're not saying everything doesn't matter. You're just saying Mm. it doesn't matter the most. And I think that's where when we're coaching people and organizations, people get really stuck on that because they'll say, well, what if, well, what if these, these things still need to get done? And we say, we're not saying they don't. We're not saying these things aren't important. We're just saying that they're not the most important, which I think is that skill that you're describing right there, Chris. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's the, the next thief, I think, is a really good one. And, and at least from my perspective, there's been a lot more awareness, um, broadly speaking, around this over the last couple of years, TBD on, on how much momentum that carries, but it's poor health habits. And there's something we've said of, over the years in and around our organization is if you, if you don't have your body, like where else are you going to live? And I think that's so true when you think about your health being a foundation from which you can do everything else. And if you don't have really good health habits, I mean, you are, you're just going to be running at a suboptimal place all the time. My favorite exercise to do with this, Chris, and, and if you're, if you're driving while you're listening to this, don't do this. But if, if you're, if you're not, take a minute to actually do this exercise and I'll walk people through when we're talking about this thief of productivity and frankly can, can be a thief of joy and all the other things too. And of life, if you really take it too far, but ultimately I say, okay, I want, I want you to close your eyes for a minute and envision the future you. So envision the future you, the person who has achieved what you want to achieve. Maybe you're, maybe you're standing on the stage or, or maybe you're standing on the podium or maybe you're, you're, you're signing that first book or, or maybe you're sitting in that executive office, like whatever that is for you, whatever that big dream is. I want you to envision that and close your eyes. And then I want you to go into your body. So I want you to be there physically right now. And then I want you to go into your body and tell me how you feel. Do you feel heavy and sluggish? and hazy. No, you feel powerful and strong. And maybe you're standing up a little bit straighter. Maybe you command the room and maybe you're feeling light and you're feeling focused. Well, the way that you do that is to have great health. And so ultimately I like to take people there so that they can realize that none of us envision ourselves in these places, in these places, in a place of poor health. And in order to get there, in order to demand that type of focus or demand that type of energy or demand that from our body, we have to actually pour into our body in order for it to be able to produce that. Absolutely. Well said. It's, it's you, if you are on a track to achieve your goals someday into the future and you have a big vision, like you want to be in a good place to actually enjoy the fruits of all your labor. So you're trying to meet yourself some point in the future to to this place that you're imagining for what you want to achieve, but also like who as a as physical person do you want to be when you get there? And paying attention to your health is so important. And ultimately, we all only have a finite amount of energy. And yet the only way to really produce more is to be physically fit, is to move your body. So if you only have a finite amount, then we have to be conscious of how we spend that time right? And how we spend and focus that energy. And then ultimately, the only way for us to, re- to reproduce it or, or to grow the amount of energy that we have is to be in good health. So if we want to increase that, that that's the button that we press. Mm. And no matter where you are, right? On, on that, just locate yourself today and progress is progress, right? Every day, any day is a great day to start improving your health because it's all up from there. So don't, even if you have a big wall between where you are and where you think you should be, uh, step-by-step, day-by-day improvement, progress is all that matters. Progress over or take, perfection. Or listen to this and take everything that we're going to walk you through from the 411 perspective and do, do a health 411. Exactly. That's it. 
Which is a really good segue to the last of the four themes we wanted to share with you guys today, which is that your environment doesn't support your goals. And I, I have an experience with this one where when I'm coaching or even coaching myself or going through this process and I'll ask people to identify perhaps like which of these thieves they feel like might be impacting them the most. And they'll, I'll see more often than not the inability to say no or potentially the poor health habits uh, being the one that they gravitate to. But when you really dig in, I feel like at the root of all of these is that your environment does not support your goals. And when you think about environment, that's like the people you're surrounding yourself by, the physical places that you're in. And I, I feel like no matter what you're challenged with, there's going to be a connection to your environment. Absolutely. Because the environment, we often think about our physical environment. And ultimately, I tell people your environment can look a lot of different ways. Your environment is also who you are around, who you're spending your time with, your physical environment. Maybe it's your mental environment, your energy environment, whatever that looks like. There are so many ways that this environment shows up for people. And I I tend to spend the most time on the relationship environment. I mean, everyone has heard the adage that we, we, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And yet when it comes to supporting our goals, we really are. And uh, we'll, we'll keep using the physical fitness one because it's where we started. But ultimately, if you, if you are someone whose goal is to be physically fit and you're spending your, your 24 hours that you have in the day with people who do not want to move their body and are eating in a way that's unhealthy or doesn't support your goals and, and would rather sit on the couch than, than go for the walk, then ultimately it's going to be really hard for you to be the one outlier in order to do that. So environment isn't just think about it outside of just the physical. It's also who you are with, how, how your energy is, is uplifted by those around you and how you can maintain that focus. Well said, Nikki, well said. So we wanted to just orient the conversation around what some of the common pain points, challenges, things that people could relate to and, and, why having a system is so important. Um, but even more broadly speaking, why having a, a tool like the 4-on-1 can be the solution for you. I mean, we, we believe very much that you need to have this, this ability to break through your natural ceiling of achievement. Like I am sure you can relate to continuing to try to repeat the same process and not seeing the results. Or you've been wanting to achieve this thing or make this big change in your life, but for some reason you haven't been able to get it going. And we, we, believe in this concept that we call moving from E to P. And it's it's moving from being entrepreneurial to being purposeful. And to define entrepreneurial for us, it's that. It's, it's continuing to repeat the same cycle of your natural achievement levels and hitting a ceiling. This kind of natural ceiling of achievement because you're just leveraging the same either mindset, skills, tools, processes, awareness to just continue to try to solve this problem but not seeing success. We think making the transition over to being purposeful, E to P, means that you're leveraging models, systems, you're benchmarking, your skills, knowledge, awareness of others, seeking new information, getting out of the environment you're in into a new environment that supports your goals is busting through this natural ceiling of achievement into what we say, going from doing the best that you can do to doing the best that can be done and making that big transformation. We believe that the four-on-one in this system overall is a, a system that can support you in doing that. But Nikki, what are your thoughts on, on making that transition? I think the most important thing that we can understand here is that success is not a natural evolution. And so often we we go through this process of trying to hit our goals and we do what comes naturally to us, which is the entrepreneurial approach. 
And I, there, there are no goals I can think of that I have achieved in my life that came naturally to me. Every single one of them required me to say, uh, to point my focus, to say, this is what I want to go and do. And then to acquire the systems, the models, the tools, the habits, whatever I needed in order to go and achieve that. So I always think about this as moving from what comes naturally to what comes unnaturally. In other words, what what am I comfortable doing and how do I need to get uncomfortable in order to get to where I want to go? Success does not interrupt us. We have to go and find it. We have to go and and build whatever it is that we want to build in our lives or achieve in, in our lives. And the way that you do that is by following something like a 411. Love it. All right, we've set it up. Maybe we should talk about like what is the 411 and how does it even look and how does it work and like what is this thing that we keep talking about? And so, Nikki, what, how would you describe at a high level the 411 and how you can use it? The best way to describe the 411 is what do I need to do today? What do I need to do today that if I do that today's enough times, it's going to get me to where I want to go? Because that's where most people get stuck. Again, I go back to what I said at the very beginning, which is most people don't have trouble setting those big goals. Most people don't have trouble dreaming big. Most people don't have trouble saying, this is what I want my life or my business or my health or my family, whatever to look like. What they do get stuck on is what do I need to do today to incrementally move myself forward? And that's what we use the 411 for. It just informs what I need to do today, right? The purpose of a goal is to inform what we should be doing right now. Absolutely. And so I'll demystify this a little bit. This 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 nebulous 411 that does all this. You ready? It's a spreadsheet. It's got a couple things on it. And it says, <laughs> what is your annual goal? What is your monthly goal? And what is your weekly goal? And you could go as far as down to daily. But the idea here is if you think of a goal as a string of dominoes is one way that that we like to define or, or the analogy around dominoes is you're pulling that string of dominoes back from the year. So if your goal is to, let's say, run a marathon in under four hours, then you may have a monthly milestone to run a 10K at you know X pace, at nine minute pace. And that's your monthly milestone. So based on that, if that's success for this month to be on track for your goal for the year, then what is success for this week? What's the single most important thing you need to do this week to be on track, to hit your goal for the month, to be on track, to hit your goal for the year? And it's you're capturing these, you're writing them down, you're making each one of those as specific and measurable as it can be, and you're keeping them in a place where they are, it's it's sacred, where you can revisit them and you're accountable to them so that they're, they're written down and they're present. But that simple tool is broken in those those three uh, milestones, annual, monthly, and weekly, into two halves. And we have a professional half and a personal half because, Nikki, what happens if we don't focus on the whole person? Something falls. One of the most important things falls because, as I said earlier, it's never one thing all the time. It's one thing at a time. Well said. And so this, the spreadsheet's simple, right? Our, our whole thing is it's, there's a surprisingly simple truth that is behind extraordinary results. And so the tools, life is already complicated. There's a million things going on. You don't need a complicated tool. You need a simple tool. And that's what we believe in, a simple and powerful tool. So it's this spreadsheet just breaks down your goals, right? Your annual goals down, break them into monthly milestones, weekly milestones so that you can stay accountable to it. But that's only one part of the process, right? There's this entire, what we call rhythm of accountability, but kind of the rigor and routine and meetings that you have with yourself and everything that surrounds it. And so, Nikki, could you share your experience and what you find to be uh, successful with that routine? 
Absolutely. I, I was just thinking, I'm going to give a real tactical example of how I might walk somebody through this so that if someone's driving listening to this right now or on their walk listening to this right now, I can I can feel them raging at us for not actually walking them step by step. So I'm going to do this exactly like I would walk a, a coaching client through, a, a company through, and and where most people get stuck. So let's give you the example of, I, I have to do this in, in my world of real estate all the time. So I'm going to make this as easy as possible. And I'm going to, to do what I do in my in my own company all the time, which is walk people through what their real estate goals are. So here, here's exactly what it would look like. It would uh, say, say, for example, their one-year goal is I want to sell 20 homes this year. That's the one-year goal. That's going to help them to hit their financial goal. That's going to help them to hit their uh, whatever their monetary investment goals might be. That that's their one. So their so their goal is to sell twenty homes a year. Let's let's make it for easy math. Uh, let's make it twenty-four, Chris. So then that means that their monthly goal is what? Well, if we even it out uh, in January, it would be two homes a month. And then that informs what the other leading domino goals are. So for example, that might be, well, how many appointments do I need to go on? How many conversions from those appointments do I need to get? In other words, how many how many homes do I need to list and how many buyers do I need to work with? How many contacts do I have to make? How many people do I have to talk to in order to get those appointments, in order to get those conversions? And that's literally all that would live on this 411. That's, that's all that goes on here on the business side, if that's what we're talking about. So then I'm going to take that to, okay, well, based off that, what do I need to do this week? Well, it's just going to be a reflection of what's on, uh, what's an easy division of what's on that monthly goal. Well, maybe it's, I need to talk to a hundred people this week and I need to go on two appointments this week. And I need to have one of, one of those be a conversion for me. Okay. Well, the way I do this is I say, well, that's the weekly goal. And again, here's where most people get stuck that they, they will evenly distribute what they need to do this month on all the weeks of the year. So if we're, uh, or of the month. So if we're at the beginning of the month, they'll say, okay, well, that's going to be my goal every single week. But what's wrong with that, Chris? It's, you know, not going to go according to plan, I would imagine. <laughs> exactly. It's not going to go according to plan. So let's say it's the first week of the year. You're still feeling the, the, the new year's party that you went to, and maybe, maybe you have a bit of a, a slow week. And so you don't get all the contacts, you don't get all the appointments and, and you don't get the conversions. Well, what most people will do is they'll say, I'm going to start fresh next week. Next week is the week that I'm going to get this. But if again, just like we said at the beginning, if you string enough of those together, well, ultimately you're going to look up and you're going to be really off goal. And it's going to be too hard at that point for you to get back on track. Where most people look this up is maybe halfway through the year. Maybe if they're one of the very few who has a coach, maybe they'll look at it once a month. But ultimately, most people never look at it at all until they get back to the end of the year and say, well, how'd I do? So if we look at this daily then or weekly in this example, then I'm going to say, okay, well, what did I achieve this week? Okay, this is what I achieved. I didn't hit goal. Maybe, maybe for in this example, I only talked to 50 people and I went on zero appointments and therefore got zero conversions. Well, we might be tempted to say, well, next week my goal is 100 again, but it's not because I missed 50 this week. So I'm going to carry over that 50 that I missed and I'm going to make that next week I need to talk to 150 people. And I don't need to have two appointments anymore. I actually need to have four appointments. And I don't need two of those or one of those to convert anymore. I need two of those to convert and so on and so forth. And then when we get to the month, we say, okay, how did I do this month? And then I'm going to take it out through the year. So for example, let's give another easy one for those that aren't in real estate. If you were trying to save money, let's say your goal was to save $1,000 per month. And you're going to outline the leading dominoes in order for you to, to save the thousand dollars per month. 
So it'll look like I need to save $1,000 per month. In order to save $1,000 per month, I need I need to save $250 a week. And so on the first week of that month, it's going to say, okay, my goal is to save $250. How much did I save? What was my actual goal? Well, let's say in this example, you're killing it and you saved $300. You, you, you skipped the movie, you skipped the date night, whatever it was, you skipped the thing that you might usually spend money on and you saved a little bit of extra money. Well, then you get to make a decision next week about whether or not you want to save 250, get right back off on track, or maybe you lower it to 200 because you have that extra wiggle room. Where I use this really heavily is, I don't know about you, Chris, but when I go on vacation, I want to completely be on vacation. I want to be exactly where my feet are. So I know that when you get back from vacation, you almost need a vacation from the vacation, right? We're always still <laughs> in that haze a little bit. We, we, might, we might not be able to come right back and get on track. So what I do when I'm using my own 411 is I front load whatever I have to do. So for example, going back to the saving money example, if my goal was to save $1,000 per month, and I knew that at the end of the month, I wanted to be able to go buck wild with my vacation budget, well, then I'm going to say, okay, I'm not going to worry about saving $250 that week. So that means that instead of say, and instead of saving $250 a week this month, I'm going to increase that to whatever the math would be on that for three instead of four, a little over $300, right? So, uh, so ultimately, what I like about the 411 is that most most high achievers I meet are are rebels at heart. They don't like anybody telling them what to do, including themselves. And so what I like about the 411 is that it actually gives you a lot of freedom because you get to make a decision about when, where, and how you're willing to achieve your goal. You can either do it all at once, you can do it in bite-sized pieces every day, the decision is yours. Or you can do it in all, at, not at all, and that's your decision too. <laughs> but then you have to be accountable to it because you actually have it written down. And hopefully there's somebody in your world that has visibility into this that can help you be accountable. And those were two really, really great examples. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I wanted to share some interesting statistic that in, from our research, we found that within this process, there's really four things we're trying to do. And this tool helps us bring that to life. And I'll, I'll make that connection here. But if you do that, these four simple things inside of this tool and this system, you're over 70%, 76% more likely to achieve your goals from our research and 76% more likely versus a new year's resolution where over 90% of people fall off track with their goal within the first month. So you can turn that statistic completely almost hundred percent around the other direction and stay on track. And there's just four things that we believe you should do. And one, the first one is write your goals down. And that sounds a lot simpler than it, it is, uh, or easier in fact, than it is. It is very simple, but you got to do the work, the heavy lifting, to get the clarity on what is the right goal for you. Like, what is that? Dig into purpose and values and, and do that that searching to make sure you're setting the right kind of goal and it's deeply rooted. That's just writing your goals down in a place you can see them versus in your head. Second one is to, to break those goals down. And that's what you do on the four-on-one. We call it goal setting to the now, but this tool helps you capture that. So you go from, like we said, from annual to monthly to weekly and even daily uh, breaking those goals down. Then the other one, which you talked about in your examples, it's so important is checking and adjusting because plans don't always go according to plan. And it's not a rinse and repeat every week. We believe that every week you need to reflect on the prior week based on what your experience was, it was, information that you have, how successful you were, lessons learned, make the adjustment for the upcoming week. And those small adjustments over time are what keep you on track versus having to catch yourself once a quarter 
every six months or every year and finding yourself wildly off track. So write your goals down, break them down, check and adjust weekly. So important. And the last piece is to form powerful habits. So it's, it's not just what you're trying to accomplish, but what type of behaviors and habits you need to form to, so that you can become the kind of person that will achieve the goals that you set. So those four things you can do inside of this tool. And that's why it's so simple is it's meant to insert into that framework, write them down, break them down, check and adjust weekly and form powerful habits. What are your thoughts there, Nikki? What I think is so important about what you just said, Chris, is that the, this in and of itself is the powerful habit you could form. To me, the checking and adjusting weekly is the thing that most people miss in in any type of goal setting or really goal achieving or lack thereof. And, And that is the habit that we could all form that would ultimately be most impactful in getting us to where we want to go. Because so often when I'm coaching people, they'll say, well, well, this is my goal this year. This is, this is what I want to go and do. And my first question to them, if they've, if they've been in that business for, for any length of time is, is, well, okay, that that's amazing. Congratulations. That sounds like a great goal. What are we going to do differently in order to get there? And then they just sort of look at me with a blank stare and say, well, we hadn't really thought about that. And I say, well, if we, if we want to get different results, we will be we will have to behave different. Every year, I create something called a different list, which for me is my is what do I need to do differently this year, or how do I need to behave differently this year in order to get from where I am to where I want to be. And it was sort of my way of telling myself, hey, you can't get to where you want to go if that's somewhere different than you already are without behaving differently. You can't get to where you want to go doing the same thing. And this checking and adjusting is your is your or a different list. This is your way of saying, okay, what do I need to do differently today, tomorrow, and the next day in order to change the results that I'm getting in, in my business or in my life? Mm, absolutely. So let's let's say we've we've inspired someone and they they like it. They like what we're saying. They're like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get my annual goal. I'm gonna break it down to monthly, a monthly milestone. I'm gonna break it down to weekly and I'm gonna update this every week and every month to keep everything on there accurate. What are some of the more common like pitfalls or maybe challenges that we see people run into uh, when they try to implement this process and they just don't have a lot of experience around it yet? The the biggest one that w- that we both laugh at because we're all so well trained to work off of to-do lists that someone will hear this exactly like you said and they'll say this is it. I I'm going to follow 411. This sounds very simple. I can do that. And then the 411 just becomes a glorified to-do list for them. And it's not. The the 411 is the should-do list, not the could-do list. It's the should-do list. What are the couple of things? I, I usually tell people there should be no more than four to five things maximum on your 411 that need to happen on a weekly basis in order to incrementally move you towards your goal, weekly and monthly. And so that's probably the biggest mistake that we both see is that people just put too much on there. Things that are unimportant to the goal or don't inform the goal. So it's it's really about going small, which can sometimes feel counterintuitive, but the best goals and the best 411s that I see are the ones that are really, really simple. If I do this enough times in a row or enough times throughout the year, it will absolutely be the thing that bridges the gap between where I am and where I want to be. So that's probably the biggest challenge that I see. What, what about you? What do you, what do you see come up for people? Yeah, well, at that one for sure. And I, I'll add that something you can do that is really helpful to start if you're, if you want to implement this process and protect against 
your four on one creeping into a to do list over time. It's just go with the one, one, one philosophy to start, which is like your one annual goal, your one monthly milestone that would get you to that goal and your one weekly milestone. So what's the single most important thing I can accomplish this week to be on track for the month? Single most important thing I can accomplish this month to be on track for the year and just limit it to that. And that's a really great behavior to get into because uh, it would be what we call the extreme Pareto, like the 20% of the 20% of the 20%, like all the way down to the one thing. Uh, and that's if you do that, you're going to be much better off than without. And then you can start to maybe earn your way to adding a few other things, but you really have to have a heavy filter of of priority and, and 20% to, to do that. But some, something I've found that is a great way to start uh, so that you don't end up making a, a to-do list out of your 411. And what I always remind people of here is that it's the surprisingly simple truth to extraordinary results, not the not the surprisingly complicated and long truth to extraordinary results. So <laughs> it's about going as simple yep. as possible and figuring out how small you can go. Because if again, this is about stringing together enough of those wins, enough of those days of doing the right thing that you you look up six months, a year, or several years from now, and you're exactly where you want to be. It's not about how much heavy lifting can I do today and then not have to do anything for the next week, month, or year. Well said. Yeah, there's. I it kind of I think that stems to the next uh, common challenge. I think we both see is just inconsistency around the the use of the four one one and and the, the rhythm of accountability as we call it. And we, we believe, as we said, check and adjust weekly. You need to have a time block on your calendar every week. Mine's on Friday afternoons. That's what works for me because I can look back on the prior week and have enough uh, data, if you will, to, to reflect accurately. And then I can get in front of the upcoming week and get all my time blocks, all my time. So I don't hit Monday morning and feel like I'm already trying to play catch up. So I do it on Fridays, but Whatever works for you, uh, having a block each week and sticking to that. Because you said earlier, that could be the habit that really you need to form. And I think that's the success habit, right? And it's the ability to ask the question, like, what's the most, what's the one thing I could do such that by doing it, everything else could become easier or unnecessary? And asking that question repetitively over time and then capturing your learnings into a, a tool like the 411. So inconsistency with the use of the system, I think, is a, is a really common challenge. Because if you're not doing it weekly, you'll you'll start to see huge gaps and then you'll fall off. And ultimately, again, it becomes Godzilla wrecking the city. If if we wait too long to adjust, it's when it's when we can say, well, I'm too far from where I want to go, so I'm just going to give up. I always call this the donut principle. Anyone who's ever been on a diet before understands maybe somebody, some some evil person brought donuts into your office. You take a bite of a donut and you say, oh, well, I'm totally off track for the day now because I had that donut. And so I might as well now have the pizza and the burger and the milkshake. And I always say, no, you could have just gotten right back on track. You could have had the donut and just gotten right back on track. And so that's what happens with most people and their goals. They'll look up and they'll say, well, I'm so far away to which I would reply, you're never closer than you'll be right now. So you might as well just start today. You're never closer to that dream than you are right now today. And if you keep taking steps towards it, then tomorrow you'll be even closer. So this, this allows us to not have to overhaul our life so much. It allows us to keep it small if we do it regularly. So for me, this is a habit that I've formed daily because uh, if, if I wait even a week and I get too off track, I, 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 will, I will exhibit the donut principle and I'll say, man, I'm just going to scratch the rest of the week. I might as well just start over next week. 
and I don't want to do that. I want I want to win each day. And I see too, Chris. Let me let me know how your thoughts on this. But I I also see one of the biggest challenges here is that people aren't really specific and measurable. And where I always see this happen is they'll say I, I always give the story of a, a young lady I was coaching. Her parents asked me to coach her, and she needed to get into or uh, she wanted to get into a big art school. And I said to them, I said, Well, I, I don't know anything about art and uh, and or what to do. Uh, and I'll try to ask great questions and see if we can get her to where she needs to go. So I asked her, I said, I can't even draw a stick figure. So you'll have to inform me about how one even gets into art school. I said, what, what do you need to do? And she said, well, I need to be better. And I said, well, how do you get better? And she said, I need to draw more. And I said, okay, so then what is your goal? She said, I just need to draw more. And I said, awesome, draw me a stick figure. And she drew one that was definitely better than even one I could draw. So she drew me the stick figure and I, and I said, congratulations, you've hit your goal. And she, and she had a moment where she said, oh, I said, yeah, you can't, we can't just say I need to make more or draw more or do more because it doesn't actually inform what we're supposed to do. How do you see the show up for people? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, probably it, like the glorified to-do list, I'd say the most common thing you see with anyone in around goal setting in this process is that they're typically not specific enough about what success looks like. And I think a really great, just simple question you can ask yourself if once you've, you write a goal down is just, how would I know I'm successful? So whatever it is, it's like, I want to learn to do X. It's like, okay, well, how would you know you are successful? And if you can answer that question, then you are in a much better place than you were before. But what I, the way I relate to this, and I, I often explain it this way, is if you think of your goals like a destination... Uh, then you need to be as specific as possible about where you're trying to get to. Because imagine you're, you're, you know, you're typing in your GPS and you're trying to go visit a friend in another city and you just type in the city, you're going to show up and you have you know, no idea where you're trying to go, right? So you need to put in as specifically as possible where you want to go so that you'll know if you arrive there or not. And it'll be much easier for you to plot your way to that place. Because if you think of your goals also kind of like a platform from which you'll build your plan of action on top of it, if, you're, if your platform is really shaky or vague, then it's going to be hard for you to break that goal down and really get accurate about the milestones you have to hit to get there. So being super specific and measurable is, is really important. And asking really simple question, how would I know I'm successful? It's a great way to, to turn that dial for you. And in addition to that, I'd say not only just being specific, but you've mentioned this a few times, it's going small enough. And by small, it's like getting down to what is like the root of the activity that I need to do. And can you share a little bit more about what going small means for you, Nikki? Yeah, I, I'm always asking people to make it smaller, which sometimes which sometimes sounds counterintuitive when, when they're trying to set a big goal and set big action items to that goal. And I'll ask them several times, how can you make it smaller? How can you make it smaller? How can you make it smaller? Because they're just trying to do too much. And here's the example I always give. I, I was coaching a, a high, high level executive and, and back to our points earlier, uh, her, her health was out of order and therefore her energy was out of order and her and her and her her focus was out of order. And so I said, what's the one thing you could do? And she said, I really need to get my health in order. And I said, OK, great. And I said, how, how are we going to do that? If we were to build a 411 around that, what would that need to look like? What could you do to get your health in order? And she said, well, I'm going to exercise an hour a day. And I said, okay, you're going to exercise an hour a day. Tell me what that's typically looked like on a week-to-week basis. And she said, well, I, I have not been working out for the last six months. I said, so you're going to go from zero doing nothing to an hour a day. 
I said, what's the likelihood that you're going to stick with that habit? Even, even with an accountability coach, what's the likelihood you're going to stick with that habit? And, and we looked at it, we had, we had a standoff for a minute and she said, it's, it's not high. I said, exactly. It's not high. What's something, how, how could you make that smaller? What's something achievable you could do? And she said, well, I could go for a walk every day at lunchtime. I take a break during lunch anyway. I could go for a walk every day at lunchtime. I said, I like that better. And I said, how could you go even smaller? And she said, what's smaller than going for a walk at lunchtime? I said, well, you're, we're still going from zero to doing something every single day. What's the literal smallest habit that we could build, the smallest 66-day challenge that we could make? That if you just did that, it would be a leading domino in, in, into your, getting your health in order. And she said, well, what if I just put my shoes on every day at lunch? And I'm not even going to hold myself accountable to going out for the walk. I'm just going to focus on putting my shoes on on a day-to-day basis. And I said, I like that. And ultimately what happened, she put her shoes on and then she went for the walk, but some days she didn't. But we started to get into the mind frame of every single day at this time, I put my shoes on. And most of the days that I put those shoes on, I go for a walk. But if she had started out with, I'm going to do an hour workout a day, what would have happened, Chris? She would have just, she would have felt fallen off after probably a couple of days if she was lucky. But that mm-hmm. sm- going really small like that allowed her to n- not make it such a big insurma- insurmountable mountain and allowed it to be achievable. That's a good example. And, uh, my, I come from a, a background using root cause analysis. And so hopefully you guys can relate to this, but there's this concept of root cause analysis, which is the idea of just trying to get down to what is the root cause of any particular thing. And there's an exercise you can do called the five whys, uh, in root cause analysis to just figure out the, the, the source of something. And we have a similar version of that um, that I want to share with you guys. And if you want to figure out a way that you can go smaller, then ask yourself the simple question, what's the one thing I can do? So for example, it's like, Hey, I want to go for, you know, a, a run every single day, but you haven't like for the next 66 days, but you haven't run consistently in the last, you know, 10 years, then ask yourself the question, well, what's the one thing I could do to go to start running more consistently. And then you just continue to ask this question, well, what's the one thing I can do until you get down to the example you gave, which is like, you know what, if I put my shoes on at lunch, then I'll feel like I am set up to be successful. So try that. And it's the combination of these two questions, like what's the one thing I can do and how would I know I'm successful that I love to use to get people to a really good place where the, the statement of success is, is specific, measurable and small. And I think well, that's great. I, so, mm-hmm. what I hear you saying there, Chris, is is another challenge that we probably both see is that we just don't reflect on on what's going wrong, right? And that's really what you're what you're doing in that question is saying, okay, well, what's what's the leading domino to me not hitting this habit? So, therefore, what's the one thing I could do to hit this habit? And often, it's not necessarily what we think. I I always tell people the leading domino for me waking up earlier was getting out of bed. It wasn't just waking up earlier because it, it, it that that was an unattainable goal that I had tried so many times and not hit it. Now I have a toddler, so it's not, it's not the issue, Chris, but, but when I was, uh, <laughs> w- w- before she was in my world, then, then my goal was to wake up earlier. And I found that the, the thing that kept me from doing that was just the fact that I would stay in bed after my first alarm went off. So then my, my very small goal became, I'm just going to get out of bed at this time. And whether I go back to sleep or not is irrelevant. The small goal is I'm going to get out of bed at this time. Absolutely. I think if you, if anyone listening, give it a try. If you've been 
struggling to knock something down to be successful consistently uh, week over week, uh, go through that. Ask yourself, okay, well, first of all, what exactly am I trying to accomplish? So get specific. So like, how would I know I'm successful? Answer that question as clearly and concisely as you can. Then ask, what's the one thing I can do to accomplish that? And ask that question. Try to answer it five times. See if you can answer it five times. If you can get, by the time you get, it's going to be frustrating. After like two, you're like, I don't get this. I'm over it. And then push past it and get, try to get five uh, levels down. And that may be where you find your habit that you can form or just the simple behavior you can do on a more regular basis to set you up for success. Give it a try. I love that advice, Chris. So if you were going to give anyone one one piece of advice in, in our theme, if you were going to give those listening one piece of advice to really achieve the 411 at the highest level, to use this to, to get to where they want to go, what's the one piece of advice you'd give them? Time block one hour per week where you commit to reflecting for 50% of that time on the successes and opportunities of the prior week. And then the other 50% of that time, you build your plan for the upcoming week and we highly recommend you use the 411 uh, to do that. But like we said before, just have a system and models that are going to break you past your natural ceiling of achievement. But if you could take one thing away from this conversation today, it would be time block one hour per week to reflect and plan using a system to set you up for success. I love that. My advice was going to be to get a coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nikki, if you could <laughs> have that... I was, I was, if you didn't ask me, but if you did, it would have just be to get a coach because this is hard to do by yourself. You, you need to have, whether it's a coach or accountability or a community that holds you accountable, whatever it is, to find someone who can hold you accountable in, in order to do this. I know we're running out of time, Chris. We wanted, we wanted to make sure that we got through all of this within this episode to, to give people a tactical way to use the 411. And we, we want to hear how this works for you. So message us at podcast at the one thing.com. Tag us on social media at the one thing book uh, on Instagram. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know your successes. We want to hear from you and we want to hear how this is helping you bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. All right. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There you'll find information on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week. <laughs>